Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Islamic Oasis. Uh, this is something, alhamdulillah, we've been doing almost uh, sometimes on a Saturday, sometimes on a Fridays, uh, with different mashayikh, uh, different activists, different dawah carriers, brothers and sisters who are coming and talking about, you know, uh, the, uh, having different discussions regarding the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, today is another crucial discussion, inshallah. Uh, we will have Sheikh Asim Qazi. Hafizullah, inshallah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect him and preserve him. Uh, he will be talking on the ayah. Uh, yani the topic really is the responsibilities yani between the parents and the children. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned, So this is the focus of the discussion, inshallah. Uh, first, uh, Sheikh Asim will give, a, a, you know, a, he will discuss, he will give a little talk on this crucial topic, especially connecting it to the realities of the Muslim families uh, living in the West, and to tell you the truth, also in the East. And uh, we will follow up with question and answer, answers, inshallah. So write your questions, send, uh, send us your questions as you uh, listen to him, and uh, any questions that comes up, inshallah, we will continue from there. Sheikh Asim, tafadal, inshallah. Bismillah ta'ala. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillah, as-salatu wa salam ala rasulullahi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Rabbi shrahli sadri wa yassirli amri wa ahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Inshallah, uh, today's topic will talk about uh, the responsibilities of the parents and the children. And it's a, it's a very important uh, topic in general, uh, what Islam says about the responsibilities on the parents and, and the children. So, uh, inshallah, I'll try to uh, keep my talk brief uh, because of the time. We, we don't have much time, inshallah. Uh, I'll see how much I can cover. Uh, as the brother mentioned, uh, the whole topic will be around this ayah where Allah Azza wa Jal says, بَعْلَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ وَأَهْلِكُمْ نَارًا وَقُودُهَا النَّاسُ وَالْحِجَارَةُ عَلَيْهَا مَلَائِكَةٌ غِلَادٌ شِدَادٌ لَا يَعْسُونَ اللَّهَ مَا أَمَرَهُمْ وَيَفْعَلُونَ مَا يُؤْمَرُونَ Here Allah Azza wa is commanding the believers uh, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is addressing the believers by saying, O you who believe, shield yourself, protect yourself and your family, family members from the nar, from the fire. And that fire, Allah is defining it as the fuel that human beings and the stones and the rocks will be the fuel of that fire. Meaning, when these humans will be punished because of not fulfilling their obligations of protecting themselves and their families from the hellfire, their bodies will become the fuel. Meaning, they will increase the the intensity of the, uh, the fire of the hell. And Allah Azza wa Jalla has placed the malaika on top of them who are severe in punishment. And they do not disobey Allah Azza wa Jalla. They do not disobey the command they are commanded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded. And uh, just to start with as a reminder, whenever a command from Allah Azza wa Jalla contains uh, an indicator, a qarina, showing that it is connected to the hellfire, then that obligation for not to do something becomes haram. And the obligation to be done becomes a fart for us. If something needs to be, it's a, it's a nahi, then it becomes uh, haram. And if it's uh, one of the amma that has to be acted on, that becomes an obligation. So here Allah Azza wa has connected it to the punishment in the hellfire. So, Taking care of the family to protect them from the fire is an obligation and it starts off with ourselves first. As the hadith of Rasulullah has beautifully put, the, uh, put, the, put these responsibilities for all the people. As the hadith from Abdullah bin Mas'ud 
mentions Abdullah bin Umar says, that every one of you is a, a responsible person, a guardian, a shepherd. And the Imam who is the ruler over the Muslims, he is the guardian over the affairs of the whole Ummah. And the man is responsible uh, for his family. And he's a caretaker of it and he will be questioned about it. And the woman is the responsible and the caretaker of the house and she will be questioned about the house of her husband and herself. So this, uh, this hadith is a very clear indication for us to understand our responsibilities but before I dive into and talk about each one's responsibility, the ones who are taking care of their children. So I'll start with some of the responsibilities on the parents first and then go to the responsibilities of the children over the parents as well. So before we talk about what other responsibilities the parents have over the children, we should also remember that the caretaking of the children is actually a test for us. Meaning, if we are successful, the very same children can become the mean for us to enter into the Jannah. But if we, we fail to raise them in the manner Allah has commanded, the very same children maybe become mean for us to enter into hellfire because of we did not fulfill what Allah commanded us. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Taghabun, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِنَّ مِنْ أَزْوَاجِكُمْ وَأَوْلَادِكُمْ عَدُوًّا لَكُمْ فَاحْذُرُهُمْ وَإِنْ تَعْفُوا وَتَسْفَحُوا وَتَغْفِرُوا فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورُ رَحِيمٌ Here Allah SWT is saying that all you who believe إِنَّ مِنْ أَزْوَاجِكُمْ Among your wives, among your spouses, وَأَوْلَادِكُمْ and your children, there are enemies for you. There are any wa'du lakum. They are, Allah SWT is not saying all your children, all your spouses are your enemies. But He's saying among them, they can be your enemies and they can be your, uh, whether they are spouses or your children. Fahdhuruhum. And be careful, watch out, that they will not become the mean for you to enter into the hellfire. And in the following ayah, Allah SWT says, Innama amwalukum wa awladukum fitna. Wallahu indahu ajun adim. In the following ayah, now Allah is not saying that within your wealth and within your children there is a test for you. No, here Allah says indeed, in your wealth and in your children, there is a fitna for you. There is a trial for you. There is a tribulation from Allah Azzawajal for you. So watch out. Wallahu inda wajun adim. And with Allah Azzawajal is the great reward. So when we remember this, the, the, the role of the children in our lives, Meaning, they are the one who can be a mean for us to enter into Jannah or the love of the very same children, the love of the same spouses, the love of the wealth that we, uh, uh, we, we, we feel happy about with all those things. The very same thing can be become the mean of the hellfire. So this is a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all successful in, uh, in taking care of the responsibilities that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed on us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Munafiqoon mentions about the very, very similar idea where it says, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تُهْلِكُمْ أَمْوَالُكُمْ وَلَا أَوْلَادُكُمْ عَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَمَنْ يَفْعَلْ ذَلِكَ فَأُولَائِكَ هُمُ الْخَاسِرُونَ Allah Azza wa Jal again says, O oh, you who believe that let not your wealth and children distract you from the dhikr of Allah Azza wa Jal, the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whosoever does that, they are from the losers. So now we have set the stage to understand that these are our responsibilities that we are accountable for. While we are fulfilling these responsibilities, we have to make sure that when we are raising our children, make sure that we ourselves are practicing what we're trying to preach to our children. Because the very first ayah that we talked about, Allah is not just saying, go and protect your children from hellfire. He's saying, protect yourself first and your family from the fire. So we have to make sure that what we are trying to teach to our kids, what we are expecting our children to follow, we better be practicing ourselves as well.
as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala detests this action of the people who do say something and do something else. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Saf, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, lima taquluna ma la taf'alun, kabura maqtan indallahi an taquulu ma la taf'alun. Oh, you who believe that why do you say that you don't do? This is something loathsome. This is detestable. This is disliked by Allah Azza wa Jal that you do something, you say something and you, do, you don't do it. So this is something that we should all remember as the parents. And I have my own kids and I can assure you that children watch the actions of the parents more than what they say. They may, they, they may listen what you're saying, but for them, the things that really impact them is what you do. If you have the hypocrisy in your actions, if you are saying something and doing something else, this does not work. Not only that it does not work for the, for the children, it may work for them because at the end of the day, they're all accountable for their actions. They, they may see you doing something wrong and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect them and they will continue to do the right thing. But... For sure, you cannot be saved in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the nifaq that you're showing in your sayings and your actions. And like, for example, some of the things, unfortunately, because of the system that we are living in, the environment that we are living in, we become so prone to do those things as this is normal. Like, for example, the, the involvement of people into the riba has become such a norm that almost... Many of the, the, the people they don't even feel there is uh, they don't feel, feel the guilt even committing this haram. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala referred to this uh, uh, this sin as Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says the one who are not doing the ya yuhaladina amnu taqulla wa daru ma baqiya min riba in kuntum many Allah is, has connected this to the iman that whosoever have is involved have outstanding interest leave it if you are believers. And if you don't do that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is announcing a war by Allah and His Messenger. It is such a huge sin which we have made it normal. And sometimes it is because of the love of the very same children, very same spouses, or the love of the dunya to have bigger houses, to have a bigger business, and on and on and on and on. Those things make us slip to do the right thing. And there's a hadith of Rasulullah I really want to mention that because sometimes uh, the brothers, they think that we should not, they think, oh, why we are talking about this hadith in front of the children? We should not talk about this hadith. This is a, these are saying, this is a saying of Rasulullah and we are not ashamed of saying whatever Rasulullah has said. And the reason for me to say this hadith is so we understand the intensity of this haram. As Allah Rasulullah says, The hadith says the riba has 70 levels. And the least level is the one as if a man is committing intercourse with his mother. This is the lowest level of committing riba. This is the lowest level of the, of the riba that exists. Sometimes, People don't like this to be repeated as if the children may, be, uh, uh, may, uh, may get some wrong ideas out of it. I don't know what, or they're shy to mention this. This is the saying of Rasulullah I am not shy to say what Rasulullah said. So we should, the reason of that is so we create the hatred towards this action, dislike towards this action, forget about even committing it to it. Even to come close to it, we, we think thousands of times. So that, that's the idea so for that. So why am I bringing this up in the topic of family and the children? Because the very same thing, raising the children sometimes required to take care of the children and their well-being, whether it is living in a nicer house or to go and find, make a business that you and your children can probably make living out of that and not, not having enough resources, it becomes very lucrative to go and commit this haram. Nobody will know because you're doing, dealing with the bank. Not a single person would know the people around you, your friends and family, they would not know. So you go and do it, forgetting that Allah Azza wa knows. Not only that, and then on top of it, sometimes the schooling of the children becomes more important. 
Your children should go to the best schools. So for that, you, you, your salary is not sufficient or the money that you're earning is not sufficient. So go ahead and take, take all those sorts of loans on riba and build them up and then expect that that will return something good from Allah Azza wa Jal. Or these, these children will become very obedient to Allah Azza wa Jal and you by breaking the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By breaking the laws of Allah for which Allah has declared the war. That's the highest level. And the lowest is committing the, the zina with your own mother. How, how, how can we think that this can uh, be beneficial if we do that? So, so that, that's that, that thing. So don't expect that, that we will do all the wrong things, but then, inshallah, we can expect good from, uh, from our children. We can always expect, but that will not be sufficient on the Day of Judgment in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for even ourselves. Okay, that, that's about that. Now, other thing that we as parents have to remember when we are raising the children is to remember that there is a huge impact of the society on our children when we're raising them. I give this uh, uh, some time uh, a breakdown of a day a children spend, uh, a way spends. For example, uh, in a week, a week has about 168 hours. Right? All 168 hours, the kids spend about 50 hours for school, the school work and stuff. Not I'm talking about work, just to attend the school. And about 56 hours of sleep. Right? So talking about 8 hours per day. And we know how many of our probably uh, uh, teenagers really sleep 8 hours or they sleep 10 hours or 12 hours sometimes. So if, let's say the normal behavior is 8 hours a day. So that makes it 56 hours of sleep per, per week. So if they spend about 14 hours of homework, that's about 120 hours out of 168 hours already gone. So out of those 48 hours left, if these kids are watching about 2 hours of TV, that's about another 14 hours per, 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 per week are gone. Only left is 34 hours. If they spend about 2 hours of playtime, including video games or outside they go and play, that's another 14 hours are gone. So only time left is 20 hours. And don't forget, that's 20 hours. We have not talked about they have, they have to eat, they have to wash, they have to go to uh, uh, take shower, and all those things they have to do. And on top of it, some of these kids go to Saturday school also. So how much of a time that we really have spent with our kids to raise them as good Muslims? But we look at that time that is spent right now. How much of a time the kids have spent with the society compared to with the parents? And I question every parent here, whoever is listening. Go back and think how much of really a quality time that you spend with your children. And I want to make sure that you understand. Quality time does not mean you, you and your children and family sitting in front of the TV and watching TV and thinking we are spending time with each other. Each and every one of you is spending time with the TV. So how can we take away the impact of the society on the children while raising the children? So if we are really serious parents, yes, we will watch out for making sure that our children learn about Islam. They learn about the basics of Islam. They know how to pray Allah Azza wa Jalla, how to do all those things. Whatever part of life we are engaged in, we have to do, uh, act to go into Islam. We will teach them that. But if we are really serious, then we better be working on changing the society according to Islam. Otherwise, we are not doing the justice. We are not doing the justice to ourselves. We are not doing the justice to our children. And then don't get surprised when our own children become statistics of the very same things that the others are part of in the United States or in the West or even in the Muslim lands. In the United States, I have some of the numbers that talks about uh, about 94 school shootings happened in 2018, for example. 2018, 94 shootings. That you're talking about almost one point, uh, 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 almost close to actually two shootings per week. Two shootings per week. And if you look at the map, go Google it and you'll see it's not at one location, one place of the United States. It's all across which means it's a systemic issue. So if that's a systemic issue, why we are not the one going to get involved into that? Or we will not be facing that similar problems. If we are not 
teaching their kids that, first of all, it's not that we want you to learn about Islam, but we also want you to understand that the society that we are living in is not Islamic, and it has to become Islamic, and we have to work for it. Because it's not only us, the whole world is looking for it. There is the numbers that talks about 14, over 14,000 homicides, 22,000 uh, uh, suicides happen. Uh, that, that's about 2016. And actually later on I saw the numbers, which was uh, for about 48,000 per year. And the issue of alcohol, issue of drugs, issue of marijuana, which is from the government perspective, from the legal perspective in the country, all these things have become halal. Now, going back to the subject, so we are taking care of our children, keeping all this in mind. Also, we always make dua. So for, besides all this, we should always remember them in our dua to protect them, right? But also remember that the dua has to be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, meaning if Allah, how, how does Allah subhanahu wa accept the dua? So the hadith of Rasulullah s.a.w. that talks about that, and that I want to connect it back to the, the, the example of a riba I was giving. A riba is not the only one haram we have in our society and Muslims are engaged in. There are many others. Like for example, free mixing happens among the Muslims with no problem, unfortunately. So, whichever, whichever haram it is. But the hadith of Rasulullah s.a.w. that talks about that says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ طَيِّبْ لَا يَقْبُلُ إِلَّا طَيِّبَ وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ أَمَرَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ بِمَا أَمَرَ بِهِ الْمُرْسَلِينَ the hadith of Rasulullah said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pure and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only accepts pure things. And goes on, Ya ayyuhu rasul, uh, ya ayyuhu rasul, kul, ya ayyuhu rasul, kul, kulu min tayyibat, wa'amalu salihat, eat from the tayyibat, and do the, salih, the righteous deeds. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ya ayyuhu aladhina amunu, kulu min tayyibati ma razaqnakum. Thumma dhakar arajulu yutilu safr. The hadith goes on that Rasulullah s.a.w. mentioned that there's a man who came from a long journey, Ashatha that uh, his, his hair was with, uh, with the ghabar, with the, with, the, with the dirt. And he raised his hand, Ya Rabbi, Ya Rabbi. He's asking Allah for dua. And then he says, uh, the hadith goes, What he eats is haram. haram. What he drinks, what he eats, what he uh, dresses himself with, what he nourishes himself with. All that is haram. How can he, this dua can be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So that's on an individual level. And then the other hadith talks about, Rasulullah so said, by, by whom the, the, the life of soul of Rasulullah is in the hand of his. That you do the, enjoying the good and forbid the evil. Or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will descend the adab on you. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will descend the adab and you will raise your hands for dua and will not be accepted. So whether it's on an individual level, whether it's on a societal level. If you're not doing the job, then really, we really have to think about why our du'as are not responded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, du'a is good, but at the same time, we have to fulfill the conditions for the du'a to be accepted. So, since we don't have much time, and inshallah in Q&A, I'll try to cover more, but now I'll go move back to the children now a little bit. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Isra, it says, وَقَدَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّاهُ وَبِلْوَ عَلِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا إِمَّا يَبْلُغَنَّ عِنْدَكَ الْكِبَرَ أَحْدُهُمَا أَوْ كِلَاهُمَا فَلَا تَقُلْ لَهُمَا أُفْ وَلَا تَنْهَرْهُمَا وَقُلْ لَهُمَا قَوْلًا كَرِيمًا The hadith says that Allah has, the, the ayah says that Allah has decreed upon you to not to worship other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and be good to your parents. See, Allah has connected the taking care of your parents, to be good to your parents, right next to not to do shirk with Allah and to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a, such a big command. And by the way, I'm going to bring this up to so people will remember that. When we talk about the be good to the parents, I think in our head sometimes we think of it, oh, we're talking about children and parents. Yes, it is children and parents, but children don't have to be a five, six-year-old kid to just to, uh, 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 just to keep them straight. You tell them, oh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no, this is also about the children who are uh, uh, teenagers on the 20s and the 30s and the 40s and the 50s and the 60s and the 70s even, or whether they're 80s and their parents are alive. They still have to fulfill this task. And if one or both of them, 
reach an old age, don't even say the word uff. And uff is the lowest level of showing uh, uh, dislike about something. So you can imagine, above that, everything else is also haram. So about, uh, 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 I, wanna, I would like to, to talk about the hadith of Rasulullah which is relevant for the Ramadan, month of Ramadan as well, which Ibn Kathir actually mentions in the tafsir of this very same ayah. It says that, and it is reported by different uh, uh, books, it says Rasulullah was climbing up the member and he said, Ameen, 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 three times. So it was said, Ya Rasulullah, why did you say Ameen? Because they did not hear any dua. Why was he saying Ameen? So Rasulullah said, Atani Jibreel, Jibreel came to me, فقال, Ya Muhammad, Raghima anfu rajulin dhukirat indahu falam yusalli alayk. He said, Oh Muhammad, anyone, when he hears Rasulullah name and he does not say Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he is doomed. Rasulullah said, Ameen. Then, Rasulullah said, Ameen. ثُمَّ قَالَ رَغِمَ أَنفُ رَجُلٍ دَخَلَ عَلَيْهِ شَهْرُ رَمَضَانِ ثُمَّ خَرَجَ فَلَمْ يُغْفَرْ لَهِ The hadith says, and then Jibreel said, Whosoever found the month of Ramadan and he was not able to have himself forgiven, he be doomed. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ameen. That third one he said. And then, uh, then uh, Jibreel said again, رَغِمَ أَنفُ رَجُلٍ أَدْرَكَ وَالِدَيْهِ أَوْ أَحْدَهُمَا فَلَمْ يُدْخِلَهَا يُدْخِلَهَا الْجَنَّةِ قُلْ أَمِين So, then he said, a man is doomed who found one or both the parents in the old age and he found the, he found the parents and he was not able to enter into Jannah because of them. Now, pay attention to this dua. This dua is made by the, 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 the best of the malaika. And the one who's saying ameen is the best of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we are in the month of Ramadan. We still have about 10 more days. Let's make sure that we do enough that inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us all whoever is listening and all the muslimin around the world. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive them all because of the, the worship that they are doing. And remember to say sallallahu alayhi wa sallam whenever we hear Muhammad's name. And the third one, if we have parents, Make sure use this mean to enter into Jannah. So that shows the importance of uh, uh, of taking care of the parents. When it says, uh, take, uh, don't use the, he was not able to use the, that mean and to enter into Jannah, meaning he was not being good to them. And there are many other ahadith on the very same subject that talks about the uh, taking care of the parents. Like Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was asked, مَنْ أَحَقُّ بِحُسْنِ صُحْبَتِ قَالْ أُمَّكْ ثُمَّ أُمَّكْ ثُمَّ أُمَّكْ ثُمَّ أَبُوكْ ثُمَّ أَدْنَاكَ أَدْنَاكَ The hadith says, it was asked to Rasulullah sallam, who has the more right? And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam more right to be treated good. Rasulullah sallam said, your mother. And then it was asked, then, then, then your mother. Then your mother. Three times he said, it's your mother. And then the fourth time was the father, and then it goes to the nearest relatives, on and on and on. So this is an obligation on us to take care of the parents. Now, the, 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 the place in the country that we are living in, here, it is because it's, become, has, it's a norm. Your parents become old, put them in an old house. And uh, don't be surprised that it's not for the others. Now, the Muslims are doing the very same thing. They are getting on the same footsteps. And try to hide it like this. Oh, you know what? The parents are old. That would be nice for the parents to be with the more older people. They have good time over there. No, it's not that. We have adopted the same sickness of the current society in ourselves also. And we are following the same footsteps because we have put the Islam on the side. Islam has become just the ritualistic thing for us. It has become a secularized version of Islam. This is only for a masjid and sometime in the house or some rituals here and there. When it comes to my life affairs, we go back to democracy or this is or this ism or that ism. So, uh, if we follow those lifestyles, then we will we will have the same results as well, and that's what we are we are seeing as well. Now, 
Uh, also, I wanna I, I would like to mention another thing which is important that uh, many of the children do not understand uh, being raised here because a lot of parents they would not say it to them outrightly that this is their responsibility when the when the parents are old that they should be they must be taken care of by the children and it's not it has there's no shame for the parents to be around the the the, the children the children are taking care of them you are you are giving them, you're providing them a means for the children also to enter into Jannah. There are parents, unfortunately, living here, they barely see their, their, their children. And if they see it, many a times, it's like a, it has become the very same way. Okay, we'll meet them at the Eid, meet them on the Thanksgiving, or this holiday, or that holiday. And we have, we have forgotten the, the, the obligation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed on us. So we as parents have to remind the children and children must know that, that this is their uh, obligation to take care of their parents when they, when they grow older. Yes, this is true. If the parents are, because we're living in a society where parents can be non-Muslims also. There are people who have parents who are non-Muslims. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, But if they strive to you have associate with me, to have partners with me, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that uh, uh, then, then do not obey them about that. But you still deal with them nicely. Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving a very uh, important messages that we're t- t- talking about if the parents are the one who are c- asking you to commit haram. As a matter of fact, anyone ask uh, 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 anyone to uh, commit something which, disobe- which is in the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then there is no obedience for that kind of a uh, command. No matter who that person is who commands us to commit haram. So here I say, and follow the way of one who has turned to me in patience. To then me is your return and I will inform you what you used to do. So, that, that, that's an important thing to remember that it's a fardiyah, it's a fard for us to, to be, uh, to take care of the parents, even if they're non-Muslims, even if they are the ones who are uh, asking you to, uh, to, to make partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you do disobey for the haram that they're asking for, but you continue to treat them well, because that's an obligation on us. Okay, now, while we are, uh, uh, while we taking care of our parents to know what uh, their needs are, we should also remember that it's not only that we have to make sure that their needs are fulfilled. There are other things also, meaning when they die, for example. There's a hadith of Rasulullah that talks about when a person dies, all his, all his deeds are closed. He says, إِذْ مَاتَ الْإِنسَانِ انْقَطَعَ عَمَلُهُ إِلَّا مِنْ ثَلَاثِ أَشْيَاءِ That when a person dies, all his deeds are closed except the three things. صَدَقَةً جَارِيَةً Then he says, and the صَدَقَةً جَارِيَةً The one, if somebody has given the, the charity or the, uh, or the people are getting benefit out of that charity. Like built a madrasa or built something that people are getting benefit. Or he provided the knowledge to somebody that people are getting benefit. And the third thing a child should remember that the dua of the righteous children, the pious children, meaning we have to be pious to make, to provide some benefit to our parents even if they're gone, even when they're gone. And remember them in your dua. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us to say, Rabbi rahamhuma kama rabbayani That may Allah we have mercy on them, both of them the way they had mercy on us when we were small. And that dua is when they're alive and when they pass away. But again, the very same thing applies on the children as well. That how our our dua can be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The very same uh, conditions apply here too. We cannot be just involved in all sorts of haram. Don't remember Allah azza wa jal and just make dua only. You can continue to make dua, but we cannot. Uh, 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 we have to fulfill the conditions for the duas to be accepted by Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So we, we we should always remember to make dua to for, for our parents, and we and the parents should remember to make dua for our children. But make sure the dua is connected to 
the actions that make the dua inshallah accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And now, at the end, I'd like to remind, the, remind ourselves also, when we are raising our children, especially in the non-Muslim country, make sure that we are raising them with this attitude that they understand that in front of Allah Azza wa Jal, there is only one deen that is accepted. Don't try to give this mixed messages that it's up to you, you go and choose, explore. No, this is, uh, this is a serious matter. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, In front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment, there is no other deen other than Islam is accepted. In the deen, in the Islam, in front of Allah, only acceptable deen is Islam. So we have to make sure that we install this in our children. And also at the end, to remind our children that, that Islam started strange. That the hadith of Rasulullah says, The Islam started strange. It will become strange again. As it started. But there is a fatuba lil ghuraba. There is a glad tiding for the ghuraba. So if the children are outcast in the, in the society because they act differently because they are Muslim, rather than be ashamed, they should be proud because they are Muslim. Okay. So inshallah, I'll stop here and uh, I'll make dua for uh, all the parents and all the children who are listening. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, have our sins forgiven in this month of Ramadan and make us those who are who make our parents as the means to enter into Jannah and the ones who can make our, uh, their children to also make uh, uh, one of the means to enter into Jannah. I'll stop here. If there's any questions or comments, I'll try to address them. Actually, the, 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 there's another phenomenon too, and that phenomenon we're seeing is, uh, you know, for instance, uh, uh, back home, a lot of the kids uh, that would study Sharia, for instance, would go to Islamic schools, are poor kids. Mm. And in this country, it's the opposite, where rich parents, rich families, they are seeing that their children are not going the, the way they wanted to, so they just send them to a school, one-year, two-year program. How, what do you... What do you, what do you, and what are you observing? You've also been to the universities, colleges, and then you've also gone through, you know, whole scholarly program. Why is this phenomenon there, Sheikh? Okay. It's a, it's a very important question. Um, it has too many dimensions. And yes. uh, I'll try to be as quick as possible because I know everybody wants to do iftar also. We have about 15 minutes, I think. But inshallah, uh, uh, we'll, we'll be able to cover. Number one thing. Uh, yes, it is right that there are some people have... Uh, actually, I see like a, like a fashion now that if you're a Hafid al-Quran and you have an MD, you are the best uh, example for, uh, for, for the community yeah, or but something. But we have Hafid al-Quran on weed also. Hafid al-Quran and? On weed. Oh, you have weed. Yeah, well, we have Hafid al-Quran who have apostated also. Yes. Okay. Yes. And yeah, not only I that, mean, and have actually from the madrasa also, from the alim degrees can be a murtad also. Okay. Yeah. So now the the, the idea here is look, uh, number one thing, when we read the Quran, Quran is, Subhanallah, it is, it is such a wonderful book. No matter how many times you read, you'll find something new in it. No matter how many times, a same example you're reading, you'll find something uh, something new in it. But how would you find those new things? If you understand what you're reading. And the Hufad, especially in our Desi communities, they memorize the Quran and they have no clue what they have memorized. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them the hasanat for all the effort they do. By the way, it's a very tough thing to do. It's not simple. It's a very difficult thing. And they, inshallah, they will get the hasanat for memorizing the Quran. But the Quran was not revealed for only memorization. Quran was revealed as the book of guidance. Guidance for to guide the people to live a life according to this command. This book, some few ayat used to change the lives of the people in the life of Rasulullah We hear that, we don't realize why Umar al-Khattab is on his way to kill Rasulullah and listens to Surah Taha and is completely a changed person. Uh, Musa ibn Umar, he goes to Rasulullah to listen to some few ayat and he's a completely different person and he leaves all the wealth he had, one of the richest people in, in Mecca and he leaves all the wealth for, for, for the sake of Islam. Just few ayat he listened. He did not even listen to the whole Quran. He was a shaheed in Ghazwatul Uhud. And still, we, we name our kids as Musa'ab. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make them like Musa'ab. 
So, see, see that, that that's the idea. But this is that happens only when we understand what's in there. So that's the phenom- number one thing. So understand, this is an incorrect, it's a secularized way of thinking that make us think this way that I memorize the Quran and go to med school and now I am, uh, I'm all good to go because I have done both sides of my life. That my secular, spiritual side and my uh, uh, life affair also have both been taken care of. Islam is not like that. Islam is a way of life. It has to be used for all the affairs. Okay, uh, and hence that will make more sense of it. The very same parents who are sending their children for the become a hafiz, they will take the very same hafiz al Quran and put them into a medical school, and he will come out with three hundred and four hundred thousand loans on his neck with the riba on it also. Yeah, so, this is so, a... so, so that's the reality we are living in. That's the, the hypocrisy. That is but what Jackie, I was talking let me, about. Let me ask you this. Okay, let, no. let's say fine. I understand the parents may not know the child who's reading the Quran, memorizing the Quran, doesn't know. But yani, at the end of the day, the, 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 the child or the, you know, the student of knowledge, he is studying in front of a scholar, mm-hmm. right? He is studying in front of a, someone who knows the Quran, knows Tajweed, uh, maybe, maybe he's not an expert in Arabic language, but that we see that a lot, like a lot of the Hufas that we have, and even the teachers that we have, they themselves are not experts, let's say. But I mean, how is it that we have, I mean... As someone that takes three years in front of a teacher, mm-hmm. and in those three years, he just memorizes the Quran, but he does not have the fear of Allah or the taqwa of Allah. Mm-hmm. Look, uh, it is like this. Uh, it, has a, it has a historical background. We have got to that point. We were not like that. Remember that, first of all. As Muslim Ummah, yes. we were not like that. There's a hadith of uh, Ibn Labid, radiallahu an. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was talking about that, uh, the, uh, that the, 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 the knowledge of the Qur'an will be taken away from, uh, from the Ummah. And uh, Ibn Labi said, Ya Rasulullah, how can this happen? We teach our kids Qur'an and uh, our kids will teach the next generation and then the next generation. How can this Qur'an, the knowledge of deen will be taken away? Rasulullah sallallahu said, your mother weep on you, Ibn Labi, I thought you were a knowledgeable person. Don't you see... The Yahud or Nasara, they teach them Torah and Injil, but they don't act upon it. So teaching is going on, but acting on is not. And that is because of two things. One is uh, we have been disconnected with the language of the Quran. That's one. But that disconnect is systematically happened over with the Muslim Ummah. But that also uh, happens amongst the Arab. Yes. Uh, I, mean, I, Arab, I, I, I not said no, Arab. Systematic, the, the, the language of the Quran I'm talking about. That has been you broken, mean, right? You, you, right. Okay. You mean the actual understanding of the book of Allah subhanahu yes. wa ta'ala. Although they speak maybe Amiya, whatever it is, but they're not they connected not... to the book of Allah yes. as something that is going to take care of their affairs. Yes. So, I mean, and look at the book as that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, We have revealed this book that explains everything. Do we look at the Quran as the solution for everything? That's the idea. Any problem happens to us, any issue in our life, do we go back to the Kitab Allah and see what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala... When I'm saying Kitab Allah, by the way, Hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is included by default. Because Quran cannot be taken without the Hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That is the reason I'm, I'm mentioning, I'm, I'm, I'm reiterating the sentence. Because sometimes people think of it when we're just talking about Kitab Allah, we're referring to only Quran. No, that's not the case. Quran means we have to follow the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we have to take the Hadith. Okay, so now... Uh, if we don't look at Islam as a source for all our pro- uh, solution for all our problems, then we are not using the book correctly, and that's the let problem. Me, let me ask one more question. Question, Asim. Uh, I think we we, we really uh, we, we should we needed more time on this. We really did because there's a lot of questions coming in and people are still watching. But I just you know, like people were asking, uh, you know, when we're talking about uh, following the Sunnah and following, you know, there's a lot. The impact of, let's say, children seeing the Prophet Sallallahu cartoons being made, mm-hmm. uh, the disrespects of the of the of the personality of the Prophet Sallallahu the and to the point that you know it's uh, you know it's on live TV, it's on government buildings, uh, you know, Allah Alam, what else? How far they will you know the kuffar will go in general, or the governments are going to try to? Is there a strategy to? secularize the Muslim youth in, in a way that they just disrespecting, like the Quran for instance now, people read the Quran whatever, okay, I'm just reading it for special reasons, 
Rasulullah is there a complete work to disconnect that's going on here? There is, there is. And uh, uh, that's, uh, this is why I said it's not something new. It happened when the Muslim lands were colonialized. When Muslim lands were colonialized, they made sure that the curriculums that they are leaving behind, they are secular curriculums. And look, secularization cannot happen only from one side. That in the universities you teach about the uh, the only the, the 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 how to run the life, life affairs. But when it comes to madrasas, you leave them and tell them, oh, you can run the life affairs also. But uh, 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 we're not going to say that you are only secular, uh, only spiritual aspect you will be covering. So they have made sure that the curriculums of the madrasat are also changed in a manner that. It only makes you th- makes you think that your job is just taking care of the masjid, run the masjid, become an imam, run the masjid, and uh, lead the salah. Or somebody dies, go do the salat al janazah. Somebody's getting married, do the aqad nikah, uh, or uh, and things like that. The Islam has been limited in their minds also, so they have disassociated themselves from. No, this is your job. This is the job of the Muslims to run the affairs of the uh, of the mankind. Leave alone only Muslims. The prophets were sent for this job. That was the job of the Prophet. Kind of Banu Israel, the Susum al the Hadith of Sallallahu said that the Banu Israel were, uh, 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 their life, their political affairs were run by the, by the Prophets. One Prophet used to die and other used to take over. Okay? So that's, uh, I, I think that's a completely, uh, 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 different subject. And I would say, let's discuss this on another uh, time. And we, we have to discuss it because, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of disconnect. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I go to the Madaris all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm studying whatever it is. And one of the things that I see, Sheikhi, is that a lot of the kids are memorizing the Quran because the parents told them to do though. Yes. Do, do so. They thought that just by reading the Quran, the kid would just become, uh, you know, amazing. He'll just become uh, like a Sahabi or something. And, uh, second, uh, the, the 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 parents themselves actually are almost like uh, uh, putting their responsibility on somebody else. Yes. Let me just uh, and on the top of that, unfortunately, a lot of the parents themselves don't know. How, well, one of the things that we're seeing, a lot of the parents themselves don't know how to read Quran mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the colonization, whatever effects you might say. Yeah. And then they are now just saying, okay. Somebody else has to do this. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. So I know time is an issue, Sheikh. I know we have less than a. Let's just end it here. But just few last comments. Yeah. You know, actually, the first question over there that I see that says some parents feel that it is a role of the madrasas to teach their kids. I'm looking on the right side because I'm reading the questions. By the way, okay, I'm right. not uh, looking at the time. I'm reading the question, so I, at the same time... No, no, I got you, I, I got you, yeah, but yeah. I know it is a time if, issue. If the listeners are watching, they, they think that I'm not looking... No, I'm looking at you guys. <laughs> okay, so the question says that some parents feel that it is the role of the madrasas to teach their kids. So the same thing what you just mentioned, right? Yes. Now, uh, let's go back to the very first ayah that you recited and I recited. It's not just saying, Uh-huh. Save yourself. Okay. So if you want to save yourself, then we have to know what to do. I cannot act if I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And for that, I have to learn about the deen. See, the, the, the gaining the knowledge of Islam is an obligation on every Muslim male, female. Obligation what? Whatever action that we are engaged in, we have to have the knowledge about that. See, uh, many of us, Maybe, uh, I mean, many of us who have gone to schools for 16 years, 20 years, 28 years, 30 years of college and universities, and they can spend all that time to make something that is not under their control, actually. The risk yeah. that they're after. It is not even under their control. Okay, now, the other thing which is under their control, to act according to commands of Allah or to disobey Allah. Allah has given you two paths. It's up to you to choose which one you want to choose. For that, they cannot find some time to study. Okay? So that's the key thing. The parents have to also learn whichever actions that they are engaged in. Yes, they may not be able to reach the same level of alim or a mushtahid or a mufti, whatsoever. But should know, learn about what they are dealing with. Now, so the, this is not the job of the madrasa only to teach hey, your kids. Madrasa should be an adage. Madrasa is is a madrasa. It's teaching you, but of of, of course, uh, madrasa uh, people have different obligations because they have the ilm. Since they have the ilm, they cannot raise a child over there as a secular student of theirs. 
they have to come That's out of the secular mentality as well. They have to create well-rounded uh, 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 students over there who become the, the future ulama. How can you create an yeah, alim? Yeah, hasrata, yeah, Sheikhi, man, what happens? Our scholars themselves are secular. <laughs> this is why I said they have to come out of the secular mentality. I think the problem is, and this is a subject which is a longer, take a longer time. But they see these, unfortunately, many of the scholars may not have known that they have been secularized to begin with. Because from the beginning, look, they have spent all their lives, man, yeah. to study the deen yeah. of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the thing is, if, you know, I, I give my kids examples sometimes. If like, the glasses I'm wearing, these are actually transition glasses. When I go in the sun, they become dark, black. Okay? Now it would be very sunny, but my glasses, actually, the way I'm looking at the things, they make me feel, oh, the, the weather is cool. It's not yeah. sunny out there. So if my vision is distorted, I will look at everything from the distorted vision. So this is, has happened to the ummah today. Those madaris have given the distorted vision to look at Islam, which is a secularized way of looking at Islam. I'm not or saying not. all the ulama are like that. I want to make sure that we don't no, no, go no, with no. this. I, I, it's, no, not no, 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 bashing, it's not a ulama bashing session. They are, I mean, you're an alim yourself, uh, obviously. You know, you're, mashallah, tabarakallah. You, you're, not, you're not in that, and alhamdulillah, rabbil alamin, you're not in the category. I'm just saying that, you know, this is something that we are observing. Unfortunately, yes. uh, uh, ulama have either played the role of, uh, you know, warasatul anbiya, and they have, they, they have played the role of leading the ummah, leading the, 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 the Muslim ummah in general, the youth, and uh, have taken them to heights, or unfortunately are also playing in many ways a role to uh, for why the ummah declined, mm-hmm. um, accepting the, the, the you know slavery of the West in general. Many, many things there are, subhanAllah, sure. education of the West and uh, prioritizing even the ideological uh, push of the West. Mm-hmm. But uh, inshallah, we will have to stop here, yeah. and uh, there's a lot that we need to discuss. Uh, inshallah. inshallah, another invitation. Uh, most likely, uh, we will discuss the invitation to inshallah. continue on this topic. This inshallah. is a very crucial topic. Jazakallah khairan. Allah akramakallah shaykhi. Inshallah, we will see you next week soon. Bismillah. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Brothers and sisters, keep us in your dua. This is a crucial time. It's a time to break your fast. Do not forget us in your duas. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.